Welcome to South London Hardcore. I am Jack McEnroy and we're with Steve Walsh and we're joined today by comic creator Owen Pomery. We've been joined by uh, Owen Pomery, uh, who's a comic creator who lives in South London. Um, we usually do things like contact details and websites and stuff at the end for our own show. But I think for the purposes of this, it would be valuable to do it first so that people... People can press pause well, look at your stuff, Owen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, or if they're listening to it on a computer, pull up a window. This could be complex, but there's two websites. Yeah, exactly. Um, one is just pure illustration um, and, and comics and such, which is my name, owenpomery.com. It's uh, the Victory Motel, which is uh, my illustration work. But then there's a new one called Analog Vision, which is more leaning towards my architectural stuff, which is, uh, well, analogvision.com. Simple. So um, you work day-to-day as an architect, is that right? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, essentially, I do a bit of both, and I'm moving more into illustration and more away from architecture. And so I don't get sued. Um, I'm not a chartered architect because um, that is a protected title, and I haven't done the Part Three exams. So someone will pick that up if I don't mention it. Who would take action? Would it be like a um, Reba? Yeah, they would. They come round probably. Uh, I don't know. They're Reba McIntyre, very... the country and western singer. <laughs> <laughs> He's very hot on it. Yeah. <laughs> so you work out of South London. You're based in based in Borough. Um, South London yeah yeah it's the original yeah. the original South London the Genesis uh, came from there but I'm not originally from South London I suppose I lived in London for about eight years I suppose so not born and bred I came from up, up country up in Shropshire um, I originally lived out in West London sort of near Teddington sort of, and that's quite far quite far out it's quite far out yeah but as soon as I got there, I was moving in with a guy um, who had a spare room, and um, one of the first things he said to me, he goes, people will try and tell you that you're south of the river, you're not. And, <laughs> and I, I had no idea about south and north London, it was just London sort of thing. So I thought, I didn't know why that was important when he sort of first told me, but he obviously didn't want to be associated with south London, so he was saying, you're north London, north of the river. I mean, it's that far out that it's not even... You know, divisible. But surely it'd be... Uh, it's just a stream at that point. Yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. yeah, you can walk across But it. even then, I'm sure geographically you can be pretty certain if you are north or south of that, can't you? Well, well the it starts the... to undulate quite a bit and it drops south the river quite a bit. Ah, well, so... And what we were talking about, about postcodes as well, because you're yeah. most definitely in an S postcode there, aren't you? Uh, or no, you know TW by that point, isn't it? So yeah, so the river goes He was quite concerned about you thinking you were South London. Yeah, and telling people that we lived in... And your response was to move to South London. You were like, I'm not messing around anymore. I stayed there for about a week. No, I stayed there for a couple of years. And um, the reason I ended up in South London was more by sort of accident, really. Luck. Good luck. Good luck, <laughs> as I see it now. At the time, it was just sort of out of desperation. I needed somewhere to live, and a friend of mine had a room come up. And she was living in uh, the, uh, on the Rockingham Estate, um, just oh, yeah. near, near, the, near the roundabout. And so I just took a room there because it was sort of cheap and, and, and easy. But... Um, yeah, after I stayed there for a few years, I was like, I don't really want to be anywhere else. And so when it came time to move out of there, I thought I want to stay in the area. So that's when I moved to Borough High Street. Nice, man. Been there ever since. Dream of living in Borough. 
Borough's great, and it? it's just like it's perfect in terms of like location. It's absolutely amazing. Go yeah. back to episode eight if you want to hear more about Borough. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and everywhere's everywhere's close. You can walk to you know Waterloo is just 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. You're on London Bridge. Everything. Elephant Castle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always popping back. Yeah, only a 20 minute walk from Campbell Green. Yeah, you're fine. Exactly. You're, you're barely in, you know, a good two and a half hour walk from Pinch. So, you know, well, it's, all, yeah. it's all there, isn't it? Yeah, if you put the time in, you can uh, <laughs> get down there. <laughs> no, it's very nice. It's it, um, so many pubs as well. Really nice. Well, pubs. that was it. Well, yeah, really again, nice going back and to the Charlie Chaplin as well, which is horrible. <laughs> oh, God. I've never been in the Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, it um, I skirted past it. Smells I of homelessness. <laughs> and there's a book called uh, The Rough Pubs Guide, and there's a couple of probably more than one South London place, but the ones there's Montague Arms, which is in New Cross, yeah. and a guy in the photo who's served me in there. He's got his hand on the uh, pump, and he's got these yellow nails with dirt underneath. It's horrible. <laughs> and uh, they've got the Charlie Chaplin there as well, Elephant Castle, which they describe as um, that gives you a feeling of what it would have been like to be sectioned in the 19th century. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's better actually, than just like the road, isn't it? Yeah. It's actually it's attached to it's part of the shopping centre, isn't it? It's sort of in the side. Yeah, it's yeah. sort of built into the same unit, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. A friend of mine lives in just on the other side of the shopping centre. Um, said he experienced the same numb feeling that he had when he visited the killing fields of Cambodia when he came out of the shopping centre. I, uh, I thought it was a bit off the deep end, but um, I understand it, even though I've shopped in there for years. Where do you normally drink on Barahatri? What's your uh, local or favourite? Um, well, there's one just set back off it, um, behind the tube station called the Gladstone. Don't okay. Know, don't know if you know that. Really good. It's got a tiny little music sort of seen there going on they've got a record label actually oh right um, check it out actually they're, yeah. they're quite good and it's, it's very small but really nice it does pie and mash actually um, <laughs> but not but it does like the sort of uh, not you know not, not like classic London pie and mash it's a nice pie and mash nice pie and mash yeah <laughs> I think would be the best way to describe it um, in terms of South London architecturally yeah uh, and in the broadest sense there are Iconic buildings. I mean, the Elephant and Castle shopping. They're the worst ones, aren't they? The iconic ones. It, yeah, it's the ones that tend to live in infamy, isn't it? Rather than. Uh... But there are there's some nice buildings in South London, isn't there? There are. That, look yeah. at that building there. That's actually a very nice building. Yeah. The school. The, uh, this orange yeah. thing, yeah, what it's is gorgeous, it? The red brick. Um, that's, the that's not a school, though, is it? It's an old social housing project. It's the Guinness ah. Trust um, who set that up, and it. I think it's been, you know, it's now private ownership. I would imagine. But there's a lot of those around, like the Peabody Trust and the Peabody Estates and things like that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a lot of that in South London. And they're uh, usually lovely buildings, aren't they? Normally gorgeous buildings, yeah. yeah. And even the Rockingham is, has its charms, you know. Uh, it's old, sort of... I lived on the Peabody, Peabody Trust uh, estate in Camberwell Green. Oh, okay. One that's next to the magistrate's court, right be- yeah, beside yeah. Uh, Camberwell Green itself. And uh, I have very few recollections. I was a very young child. Um, but just look at them now. They just look very solid, nice, tidy buildings. The place, um, yeah. behind, you know McDonald's on the Wharf Road? Yeah. Behind there, you've got these, um, well, maybe slightly further back. There's some lovely places. Yeah, and they, they filmed um, the King's Speech. Um, you seen the King's Speech? Yeah. You know, all the stuff in um, Geoffrey Rush's office. Geoffrey Rush is, yeah. is based there. His flat is um, set there, or is it his workplace, whatever, one of the two. But they actually filmed it all, um, there, the exteriors there. Really? Yeah, yeah. so it's all kind of... Uh, so next time we do uh, South London on the screen? King's Speech, isn't it? Could do, could we? 
<laughs> for seven minutes uh, in a room that doesn't really show that it's up under, isn't setting itself under. We won't do that. We won't. Um, are there any buildings that you particularly like in South London? Anything that strikes you as particularly nice? Well, at the risk of sounding a bit sort of um, getting a bit too deep on this one, you can't really sort of analyse a building until you've sort of experienced it, been in it, and sort of seen how it works kind of thing. There's a lot of stuff that looks all right on the outside, and then um, you know it's a shocker inside. It doesn't work, and <laughs> it's not a work of art. It's got a it's got to work. Yeah, as as function is yeah. Uh, the primary. Uh, and, and the other way around, you know, even if it works beautifully inside, it's got to look right on the outside. Yeah. Like that tower at the top of Fourth Road, for example, that's a shocker. It looks horrific. It is horrible. The one with yeah. the turbines at yeah, the top. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I was looking at it today and I was like, that is remarkable, isn't it? At what point does that get part off a drawing board? Absolutely. Well, it looked like it came off the drawing board in the 1980s, to be honest. Yeah. Made of plastic as well, isn't it? it looks like, yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's one of those things where I'm just fascinated. I want to know: Do the turbines have a practical use? Are they doing something? You'd imagine uh, they have well, to. Yeah, maybe well, minimal. I would have thought. It's tokenistic, it's isn't it? It doesn't right. even power the building uh, no. in terms of what it produces. There's um, on, on top of the. Is it the Haygate? On top of the Haygate, you've got kind of yeah. turbines as well that presumably do very, very little. Well, both of those are an experiment because there's two different types. There's one by a company which is like a sort of vertical mounted one. It's probably a bit boring, but it's. No. Uh, by a company called Quiet Revolution. See what they've done there? Very good. Yeah, and that's supposed to be if it's vertical, it's sort of omnidirectional, so the wind comes from anywhere, it doesn't have to turn. And then they've got another one up there, haven't they? Which is just a regular one. Yeah. And it was experiment to see which which uh, worked the which best. Which most efficient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the least efficient? <laughs> there is the building uh, in the Elephant Castle we talked about in the Elephant Castle episode that was built as offices for the health department. Oh, the uh, Metro Central yeah. Heights. Yeah. But yeah. It, it didn't function properly. It's what you were saying about a building not working. It, 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 That's you know, very you true, might, yeah. I mentioned sick building syndrome at the time. Yeah, yeah and, I'm uh, familiar with that. Yeah. yeah. It's an idea that a building is just so dysfunctional in terms of like its interiors. It's, that it's lighting, it's, um, it's you know air circulation, all those kind of things. Um, just yeah, make it an unpleasant place to be in. Yeah, you're just nauseated by yeah. being in the place itself. Fine to live in, though, it would seem. Yes, yeah, that's <laughs> the odd thing. First of all, I love the irony that it was built for the health department and it made people very <laughs> unwell. Uh, and then secondly, they sort of went, we're not tearing it down, we'll just let people live there. Yeah. And I imagine charging quite a, a cheeky little so, rent yeah. there. Because it's, They're always uh, coming up for rent, though, aren't they? <laughs> They're always coming up on the... Uh, oh, are they? Yeah. I've never been up there. I don't want to go and look at one of the flats to see what it's like. But I've, I've heard the sort of like, obviously the window dimensions don't fit the flat side, so they're sort of the walls are in quite odd places in um, terms of the layout. Because obviously it's set up as an open plan office, of and then, course, you, then you've got to break yeah, it down. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, it's hard to tell from seeing the kind of photos, but I've got there. I guess for yeah. you, it'd be interesting. I'd, I'd be quite interested to sort of see how something like the change of use. Which would seem quite natural. You like you've got walls, windows. You know, there's nothing radical about. It. You don't need to tear out lots of things. You don't need to put in lots of things. A lot of things that would already be plumbed and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But it is just as you say, the, the, the shape of the room and the dynamic of the room would be wrong, wouldn't it? In terms of yeah. But I mean, I'm sort of being a bit hip- hypocritical here because that's one of the things I really love about architecture, particularly Southland architecture, is the layers. This, everything's built on top of other stuff and reused and one of my favourite buildings is um, which is down by Tower Bridge Road the Alaska building which is a really nice building sort of sort of, sort of Art Deco-ish um, but it was a massive sort of uh, fur trading factory which has now been converted into flats and stuff really nice flats really nice apartments um, and it's got still got the Alaskan sign and then sort of uh, red neon it's beautiful 
can recommend. They will. They will retain features, wouldn't they? Just to sort of like yeah. keep the history of a place. That's, that's, nice. that's what I like. That's what I really like about it. And that people are still. It hasn't hasn't stopped evolving as much as say North London has. It's still people trying things out. Um, not all of them are working, but you know some of them are, and some things are going going really well and stuff. I mean, we've got the shard going up there now, for example. That's yeah, we're quite lucky in that we've, we're recording a spot where we're, we can see the shard quite clearly, and you've got Guy's Hospital next to it, which yeah. is another bit of iconic sort of South London architecture, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, a bit of brutalism there. What is yeah. that singing, by the way? Is that singing? What is it? Is it not? Is it like someone, not someone on a microphone, just wailing? I think it's. I thought it was a circular saw or something. I thought I was going to go remote control car, but. Um, <laughs> oh, right. I thought it was just like. I thought it was a rev. I thought it was something through the building site. They're just like tearing through. Uh, it would make sense if it was the building site, actually. We've. Um, yeah, there's a lot of brutalism uh, in this particular area, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. And brutality. <laughs> <laughs> Feeds off its environment, you know? Mm. But, um. They, you know, I think you get a bit of everything, which is. It's, it still doesn't feel too precious which is why people are still trying things out architecturally and why you get those sort of really old and sort of beautiful buildings next to sort of quite modern experiments as well and I don't think it should, that should ever stop people like people have moaned about the shard for example like blocking views of St Paul's and stuff it's just like yeah, but that's it, always it, happened isn't it we're in a city it's constantly yeah. changing if, if you want things to stay the same go and Live in a manor house in the countryside. This is, <laughs> that's what makes it so yeah, buy, good. Buy 15 miles of land all around you. Yeah, and it won't and change have, unless you yeah. change it. Yeah, exactly. This is, um, the not, shard is remarkable, though, isn't it, as a, a piece? It's just so... Absolutely. It's pretty um, it's, it's pretty awe-inspiring. And when you... Uh, I don't know if you've walked directly under it or directly past it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, walking underneath it, you sort of look up. And it's quite vertiginous, isn't it? You sort of like yeah. you, it can be quite overwhelming. You sort of look up and see something just that large directly above you. It's quite because it obviously tapers to a point. It almost sort of creates its own infinity point. If you know what I mean? So the, the sort of the illusion of looking at it is that it's already tapering off into the distance, and so it almost seems bigger. We've talked about uh, the estates of stuff, and you lived on the Rockingham. That's as well. right. Yeah. How was that? As a... I really enjoyed it. Um, it was a sort of there was a, a sort of sense of community there I've, which I didn't know whether it would or would not exist um, yeah we're constantly assured that there is now by people who used to live in South London no sense of community there's no sense of community particularly on the estates isn't it? that's the idea it's anonymous no, I don't, the thing is I, I don't want community I'll do it. <laughs> if I hear my neighbours leaving their house I'll wait I'll hold back what's all this getting to know people who you we met the people below us in that block when we flooded them. Yeah, um, that works, isn't it? And <laughs> they weren't happy about that at no. all, as you can imagine. That's not community, is it? Flooding someone? No, God, <laughs> well, how did the flood happen? Well, the first time we did it, um, <laughs> <laughs> someone came round and, and improperly used the shower. That sounds dodgy, but no, they just didn't. They just, they just, <laughs> nine people, nine people in there. I mean, there's, yeah. there's limits to this, isn't there? Just wasn't familiar with the shower system. Them and um, went went through a bit, but the other that wasn't too bad. They just said, "Oh, it's getting a bit damp down here." The second time it happened, um, I don't know the sink, the outside pipes clogged up, and then it sort of came up through our sink, then it went through our floor, and obviously we were out of work yeah, all day. Yeah. And when yeah, we came back, yeah, it's a structural thing rather than. Well, yeah, it wasn't our fault. Yeah, thankfully, um, 
and the council came cleared out the external park because it was council's pipe, so it was their responsibility. Um, but uh, no, they weren't happy about that because it'd been all day to sort of come in through them. Yeah. Literally, when I got back from work, they were just about to kick the door in, and they are. I've, I've got the authority to do that, apparently. Because so eventually the ceiling would come through, wouldn't it? It would be I the guess thing. So, yeah. 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 Um, so that's how we bonded with them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, there, well, there were some quite nice things. We um, there was like a sort of community allotment uh, which they which got put in in the time we were there. We used to grow our veg out the back. I love it. And uh, yeah, and these are the stories you don't hear about. Life on the states in South Yeah, London. because most of them don't have allotments, do they? <laughs> That's the one that has an allotment. <laughs> Never about allotments in the Aussie. There aren't any. <laughs> no, it, it got because obviously uh, estates back in back in the day it always had sort of space around them because um, they were sort of based on sort of sort of modernist um, look on how uh, living should be. Um, but we don't. It was sort of unused space, it was sort of wasted space. No one would go out in that space. They were often built in sort of horseshoes and sort of shapes like that, and everyone would look into it. And the idea was that you could look out and sort of look after your kids from your house stuff. Yeah. But no one wants to be in that space because you're so overlooked. It feels quite sort of yeah, you're it, overlooking, it, but you're being overlooked. Yeah, the yeah. Time. So, so it was just dead space. Really. It was just like grass. And it, was, it was sort of mown, but that was all that sort of happened to it. And it was nice to look out on a bit of grass. But um, someone got a grant together and they put in some. Allotment beds went really well. Yeah, that's a bit more useful, isn't it? Yeah, go go there and read a book. Oh, yeah, what's the point? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no one did that. If we could talk about your work as a comic creator, okay. Um, The series you're working at the moment between the billboards. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's quite a recent endeavour. I'm sort of moving from architecture into illustration, and part of that is to create comics as well so I've, I've started creating a series well, it's one piece really but I've broken it up into episodes and as you say it's called Between the Billboards um, which initially I wouldn't have said was influenced by South London but retrospectively I've realised that it is actually um, just a little sort of pricey of it it's, um, it's the central character lives between two billboards but in a converted water tank the type you see up on sort of legs above sort of buildings and stuff when that was how it was done and I used to commute out back to West London to work quite a bit and after I'd sort of drawn it worked out the concept and uh, and, and produced like the first first couple I was out on the train I was looking across I was like oh that's it I, I obviously, obviously I've seen it hundreds of times kind of thing <laughs> and, and it, on, when you go through Vauxhall through the sort of market there um, it's like a, a massive water tank up and the structure and the design of it it's like obviously subconsciously I sort of picked it up and that's what fed into that and then you go just I thought up. it was around Waterloo from looking at it I, I was like I, it felt very Waterloo to me but obviously if you know it does the feel like something that is kind of by a railway and even yeah. though I didn't think of that yeah. particular part I was kind of thinking the kind of stretch between Waterloo yeah. and London Bridge that, yeah. that is a massive um, just just around Waterloo Station is quite a big important as well. We got all those t- tall blocks to keep getting glimpses through between That's, them. And that, stuff. that was what the thing. And and the looking train. at the, the, the sort of panels in the comic, it did sort of like feel like as me. So I wasn't sure if I could place it exactly. I was, that, I was trying to sort of see if I could like spot, you know, get a reference and go. That's that bit. So then that would be that bit. I couldn't do that. But obviously, as you say, it's something you've created, being influenced yeah, by rather than. Yeah. Plus, I never wanted to exclusively say it was say it was London either. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to keep it quite sort of. You know. I think that's that's sort of key to the tone of it, isn't it? It's about yeah. he's an everyman, isn't he? In a way, it's a sort of it's a thing where it's not about this particular guy in this particular place at this particular time. There's something about yeah. it where we're never told when it is or where it is or yeah, who it is. Yeah, it's the um, modern urban yeah, landscape. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 it's a sort of abstract city. Yeah, 
and you go a bit further up the tracks there's um, a sort of there's like a scrapyard just on just near Vauxhall as well which has got a massive sort of triangular billboard um, which is sort of the next thing on from the water tank and it's almost like an amalgamation of those two things put in the location of Waterloo but all this I sort of realised after it had happened if you know what I mean it just sort of the concept I'd had quite a few years ago and then sort of like put it into reality and realised it was just sort of literally feeding off the stuff that was around me which was South London the, the central sort of uh, sort of crux of it is, that is, is between two advertising billboards so that is something which people are constantly looking at but yet he's invisible because he's between them so it's the bit you don't sort of see and it's that sort of um, it's that sort of thing about city living when you're always on display essentially uh, because the close proximity you live to everyone but you can sort of you find these little places to sort of these little caves to sort of find sort of you know sort of security from yeah so it's, I've always liked peculiar places and from sort of way back little sort of and sort of alternative uses for places but it's, it's also taking sort of. something that isn't designed that we were talking earlier about yeah. uh, the building that was designed as an office looking at things and going could someone live in that what would you have to do to make that habitable exactly my favourite type of architecture to go back to that is sort of reappropriation and reuse of stuff in interesting ways so it's an extension of that as well really yeah, yeah. rather than knocking it down and building something in, yeah. for a purpose taking something and crafting it to the same exactly. purpose yeah yeah, yeah. I want to ask about, uh, and this is from a very heavy comics point of view, but influence in terms of other creators. Is there other sort of comic creators that you particularly enjoy and you feel? Um, in terms of things that mainly influenced me on Between the Billboards, I would say that uh, City of Glass had a big influence on it, and you probably see that in the way the panels are broken up. It yeah. does it in the nines and... It, Nine boxes I hadn't thought that, but as soon as you say it, I can I can think of particularly in issue two. There's a, the single page with the nine panels where you've taken a single image and uh, it's like the, the precipitous thing where he looks over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the way that sort of shows sort of progression of sort of time, even though, and also splitting up uh, a single image into into different panels, even though it could easily run as one, but to show that that sort of there's a passing of time it's one of those things through. that only comics can do isn't it you can yes, take a single exactly, image yeah. break it up into nine separate images and it still stays the same image but also becomes nine and different types yeah, uh, yeah. so that's that, that I take a lot from so it was a big influence on on this um, in terms of so I was thinking about other sort of artists who specialise in urban landscapes and yeah. I was thinking, who do I particularly enjoy drawing cities? And I came up with my three favourites, which would be Will Eisner. Yes, that's very good. Chris Ware. Not so aware of Chris uh, Ware. Jimmy Corrigan, he did, and uh, he does the Acme Novelty Library. It's very sort of like complex. He did, there's uh, particular scenes. It's very sort of clean line stuff. And there's particular scenes in um, Jimmy Corrigan that are set at the World's Fair and he does these remarkably intricate sort of uh, takes on the, the building and the the, um, oh, the yeah. arena that it's all taking place in. Oh, that sounds very interesting. Mm. Yeah, it's gorgeous stuff. And uh, Mobius as well, I was thinking oh, of. Yeah. Which is yeah. an odd one because he does very unnaturalistic buildings, but I think his cityscapes, the sort of scope of them. That beautiful, yeah. yeah. It's another one where it just sort of like, it just seems huge, doesn't it? You know, it obviously does, you know, 
universe-spanning stories, but when he goes to a city, it can be sort of horribly dense but massive at the same time. In the Robert Crumb documentary, Crumb, yeah. um, which I presume you've seen. No. What I watch is brilliant. Right. You know, he's copying telephone poles from, like, books, you know, when he's filling up a landscape, and which something hadn't really occurred to me before, that you need to kind of... These things, you don't just sit there and just imagine what things look like. You know, you, you know if you're filling up a page with... Particularly if you're drawing, like, a city or whatever, yeah. you know, with buildings and artefacts that, that, that exist somewhere... Um, so, do you are you drawing? Are you pulling things from real life? Are you sort of looking out the window, or uh, yes and no, really. Um, I, in the early days, I sort of almost felt like it was sort of cheating to sort of copy something directly, and I was just like, oh, you can't do that. I mean, anyone can copy something. I can, you know, do an, you can do an accurate representation of anything. If you sort I, of look I at can't. I get this a lot of working at a coffee shop. You talk to artists and they sort of say things like that, and you go, uh, "Can I just point out? I definitely can't do <laughs> that." They can do a photorealistic realistic <laughs> portrayal. <but laughs> yeah, you could just, you know, obviously you could just copy. It. I was like, I definitely couldn't just copy that. Obviously, I, I keep a sketchbook and I draw stuff from from life all the time. Um, so that's sort of like building up and sort of uh, building up your skills there, keeping your tools sharp, sort of thing. And, but then. I try and draw it from imagination, uh, most of it, so it all has the same sort of feel um, across it. Um, Tom Gould um, is actually quite an influence in terms of you know, it's quite heavily hatched work yeah, and yeah. sort of stuff, but uh, he was saying it's fine to go and sort of research and get stock images and work from them, but make sure... You know, don't just do like a meticulous copy of a typewriter. It's still, it's got, still got to be you at the end yeah. of the day, and that will stand out a mile if you just sort of copy the typewriter in the middle of it, and nothing else is in your sort of style. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, to, you yeah. sort of um, channel it through your um, your own style. That's channel. You filter. Kind of you filter, filter it through yeah, your own yeah, yeah, style, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you kind of turn it into uh, an ODP typewriter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. But see, I guess if you draw you know 20 different lampposts when you need to draw a lamppost in the book you're not thinking I'll take lamppost 14 you're sort of getting the spirit of those 20 lampposts yeah, yeah absolutely exactly. yeah, yeah. And uh, same with people and everything yeah and well the, the fact that you've got the uh, architecture as the base as your kind of uh, backdrop it's basic rules of, of, of drawing which obviously learn in the course of learning mm. architecture and just in terms of sort of setting things up which you don't need to think about really when you've done it for a while so that's that is good to have that as an underpinning I've always kind of seen it as, in recent times, I've moved into illustration and comic work. I've always seen the architecture was holding me back a bit. I've sort of thought, well, I don't have any sort of comic or illustration peers. All my friends are sort of architects, and, and wouldn't it be good to have people I could sort of feed off? And that's actually a negative thing. But recently I've been sort of realising it's actually a positive thing. It's uh, a unique thing that Absolutely. I have that, that other illustrators or comic don't yeah, it's like not going to film school. I think. I mean, obviously, there's an advantage where you get films made and you, you know, rub shoulders all these people, but yeah. you end up coming with, you know, hopefully a kind of unconventional. Kind of, if you haven't been taught it, you kind of learn it in kind of an organic way, and you come with a different voice to people who've just kind of learned it through. You, you through don't know the rules. Stuff. You don't know the rules. So you're not worrying about whether you're Absolutely. sticking to them. You're yeah. just sort of going, well, here's how I'm going to create this. I don't know if it's how things are created but I'm going to create it this way and then it works and you go okay and it, the other thing as well is uh, purely from uh, an illustration point of view as well I'd imagine from uh, architecture in terms of perspective and proportion uh, it's just honed into you isn't it it's just sort of like hammered into you it's, it's just fundamental it's something you're not going to mess with and there's so many comic books you look at and 
people leaving aside basic anatomy and like they just can't get proportion right they can't get perspective yeah. right they haven't got the fundamentals they can draw dynamic action figures and that gets them so far but it's just remarkable to sort of go that's a professional artist who doesn't understand name names Steve points. name names <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm no artist but I can recognise when something isn't done properly and as I say with your work the thing that strikes you immediately is that it's like so crisp and so sort of like you know there's a, a real sort of obviously you know finish to it that yeah, but uh, I didn't. I didn't realise you're an architect before reading it, and it's not like you go, oh, "This is from an architect." You know what I mean, it doesn't <laughs> hold it down. Well, that's you know good I mean? to hear as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, you, I think your your spot illustrations as well, uh, the uh, Scott stuff and the postcards and whatnot. Okay, yeah, yeah. They, this, uh, you know, those images uh, have nothing to do with architecture. No, that's re- they're really beautiful. Man. Yeah, what's, the, what's it called? The series, uh, Tragedy and Triumph. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, it's Oppenheimer, Oates, and uh, Cook and Edison. Yeah. yeah, I really like the Oppenheimer one. I thought it was the best one, yeah. my favourite one, I should say. Oh, so, yeah, you can get loads. them all from uh, They <laughs> click. There's a link at the top that says shop. There yeah. is, yeah, you can buy, you can buy them there. Yeah, yeah. And the great thing about those images is they are, it's classic comics in the sense of you're capturing in a single image so much more than that single image. It's all about the composition of the piece having to catch the exact perfect moment. And also there as well, your line and your colouring as well, which again wouldn't be something colouring wouldn't be a skill that would come from architecture that's very true yeah I mean are you self-taught in terms of colouring is that uh, yeah pretty much um, started off with some Crayolas get me magenta <laughs> <laughs> there's basic sort of rules that you learn through uh, architecture and design about sort of there's a colour wheel isn't there that you that put certain colours together yeah. and don't put yeah. certain colours together yeah. colour is killing architecture isn't it <laughs> that place, the new place at the Elephant, with the kind of looks like kind of pink and purple leaves oh, right. up yeah, the side. Yeah, no, that's getting a bit grim. Uh, yeah, I don't like that at all. Yeah. I mean, every kind of new, but they got, it's on the uh, Wharf Road, right? There's a load of like kind of new build, kind of not tower blocks, but kind of quite big. And um, me and Lakeisha, when we first were looking for a flat, we went and looked at one, and it was insanely expensive, but really, really nice. This one that's got kind of wood. It's kind of wooden. Looking. Oh, like slats. Yeah. All the others, they just. They have to stick. They have to make it like blue or something. It's always, and everything just looks like it's been covered in plastic. Well, yeah. I, think it's, I think it's a backlash to obviously a lot of Christian gets sort of levelled at the sixties estates, and it's like, oh, it's just a mass of grey. Yeah. And someone's thought, oh, the opposite of that is a lot of colour, and that's going to solve all the issues, kind of thing. It's like, no, look at the design as well. It wasn't yeah. just the greyness that was making it a problem. So. Yeah. But um, yeah, a lot of people have grabbed hold of the colour. Uh, thought that can be the same. But it's the material as well, isn't it? It's the fact that, you know, uh, when you look at sort of lovely, like the building we were looking at earlier, the red brickwork and like you get some nice ochre and earth coloured brickwork. It's gorgeous, isn't it? It's a really nice sort of thing to yeah. look at. Yeah, you can't really beat a bit of red brick for me. Exactly, yeah. Um, and the, the, with the grey. Depending on If the it's a grey slab, <laughs> that's uh, also wrong, isn't it? If it's just a grey lump, that's not going to necessarily. Know, I've got a softball for a grey lump. Uh, well, uh, the South Bank Centre, which yeah, is hugely uh, divisive, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah. you know, there's a lot to be said for it it's very Absolutely, sort of yeah. dynamic as, as a building but to swing it, it just swings too far the other way there were people going well, if it's red plastic you go no don't do it with red plastic don't because <laughs> yeah. because grey concrete didn't just work just don't there. make it look like Lego yeah, yeah. that's, yeah. that's uh, the main thing <laughs> we were talking about the MI6 building I don't want to go too far off topic but the MI6 building uh, up by yeah. Yeah. yeah what's your feelings on that as a it's pretty, oh, it's pretty it's brutal an, it's an odd thing, one isn't it yeah. it's a really odd looking building it almost looks it? like a battleship or something it sort of almost feels like a fortress you know it's, but it's not it's not a pleasant building as far as I'm concerned to look at all the my theory is that it's not actually MI6 headquarters because it's so 
it's such shouting for attention it's demanding to be looked at there's yeah. no way you're trying to keep secrets by having that thing there are you I don't, I, I don't know it, it looks a bit odd it's a bit it's, it's incongruous to the whole sort of yeah, setup of the skyline isn't it it's yeah. remarkable very odd building in terms of the comic uh, you were saying there it was a case of having the idea subconsciously almost accruing the images in your head and then filtering it what we're talking about in terms of filtering it through your own style and then processing it and yeah it's an initial it's a, it starts off an initial idea and then everything else is sort of built up around it sort of uh, I keep a notebook all the time which is sort of anything I think oh that might do or a bit of dialogue or anything I'm not even sure how it's going to fit into it but I'm pretty sure it's the right sort of tone yeah get that down the notebook and then when you come to sort of actually put it all together, I was actually surprised how much stuff I'd got already. So I thought, oh, God, this is quite daunting. I've got to actually create this now. I was just like, actually, no, a lot of this is written. Yeah. Go, here, here it is. I'm going to just change that so it fits in and stuff. And it's all there. It's all pieces of the, the jigsaw. It's just placed in. Right. It's just putting it all together. Yeah. Yeah. And um, in terms of actual creation process, this will be the point where I expose how amateur I am, I suppose. <laughs> because... I literally just draw it in pencil, draw over it in pen. Job done. Um, <laughs> Again, you don't have an inker. No, <laughs> that's me as well. <laughs> just put a different out. But um, yeah, I mean, it, if, if anyone looks at my stuff, it's quite, it's quite laboured. Um, it's all, it's a lot of line work, a lot of vertical lines. Is how I sort of render the whole thing. Yeah, that's gorgeous, though, man. Well, I think it's necessary, yeah. Um, yeah, on the, um, what's the new, Analog Visions? Yeah. A lot of, uh, I mean, there's about only about five or six pieces on there, aren't there? Yeah. But it's yeah. all stuff that's uh, just line stuff, really, really nice. It's all different tones of line, yeah, running vertically. <laughs> Do you know uh, Paul Madonna? Yeah. Uh, we've got a couple of his books. And looking at the new stuff on Analog Visions, it made me think of... Uh, all over coffee and everything is his own rewards are the two that That's we sell at Gosh yeah. I've got all over coffee I yeah. yeah no it's gorgeous stuff yeah it's really it's nice really isn't nice it and that, that, your work your architectural work sort of makes me think of that in terms of like the studies and I, uh, I don't know in terms of absolutely, absolutely there's a certain sort of sort of serenity to his work which I hope to do in the architectural drawings the analogue vision stuff I um, think the hut one captures that particularly I thought it was uh, that was oh, my favourite I think yeah. cheers yeah, yeah it's a nice one this is why people should have the website open while listening to us so they can yeah, scroll, scrolling through yeah. scroll through and go yeah you're right that yeah. hut is brilliant Dan, you know <laughs> what I've got three quid in my PayPal I'm going to get between the billboards also available at Gosh Comics in uh, Berwick Street that's very true yeah <laughs> can't have a minimum they just get it from the website yeah <laughs> actually yeah you make more if you say it from uh, that's true shouldn't yeah. take sides against Gosh should I <laughs> say you get fired definitely don't come to Gosh go to owenpomery.com <laughs> as long as you never go to Waterstones <laughs> Oh no! Oh yeah, they <laughs> I am. Um, I met a former colleague of your, you guys actually the other day. I don't know if this is appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. No, we can cut it out. If, <laughs> if it's a bastard. Mickey Buckbinder. <laughs> <laughs> um, Phil, do you know Phil? Phil uh, Punchard. Don't know. His Phil Walsh. Um, Has he got a uh, pierced ears? Yes. Phil Punchard. Lives in East Street. Well, like fifty. Yeah, old. yeah, sort of tattoos. Yeah, yeah. Phil, loves his uh, comics yeah. as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big comic fan. Where did you meet him? Uh, I, I go to the same life drawing class as him. Ah, fantastic. Yeah. Whereabouts is that? Uh, just um, down where I from Castle Roundabout. Because I was going to say he lives on East Street. What so, a warm yeah, man he is. He's a nice chap. Yeah, yeah. really warm. Oh, he's lovely guy. Yeah. He bought a copy guy. of Billboards the other day. Didn't, oh, did he? Didn't, didn't ask him to. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he's a really nice guy. How did you realise that he worked at 
Oh, he still works at Piccadilly, doesn't he? So I guess just talking to him, he'd mentioned what. Yeah, was he said what you do, and that. And I was like, oh, do you know uh, Stephen Jack? And, uh, Never heard of No. <laughs> <laughs> he said they're both quite critical of the store. <laughs> well, we both had our differences with the company. Yeah, uh, they had the differences with me, certainly. I had a disciplinary because <laughs> I, I told them that uh, link saves and three for twos were a uh, waste of time and I refused to do them. And they said they'd fire me if I didn't. And now they don't do, they don't do them, they've dropped them as a company, which is, uh, you, know, you know, basically, I was right. You were right. <laughs> Turns out I was. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we have had our issues with the company. Bygones be bygones, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> to the grave. Uh. <laughs> but no, um, this is the thing, this is the important thing in, in terms of talking about our time at Piccadilly. Uh, the company uh, was awful at times, literally awful to work for, just dreadful, horrible people. But your colleagues, some of them, you know, yeah, there, were, sort of, there were some yeah. horrible ones that would like side against you and no, just like, snide. Yeah. Not many, not many. The majority, and uh, majority feels, feels, all, feels yeah. a great example of this, isn't it? Where I'm not meeting for punch unless I work in that shop. The odds of me just running into him on the street, I don't, you know, not you don't do life drawings. I don't anymore. do those life drawing classes anymore. It would be a waste of all our time. It's not appropriate for the model to talk to the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, lovely guy, isn't he? Yeah, no, he's a really nice chap, actually. And brilliant artist as well. I don't really? I've never seen any stuff. Yeah, that's what's going to be our next question, actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, no one's sort of no one's checking out everyone's work at this these sort of things. But I had a glance over. Yeah. Too busy I, looking at the guy's junk. My junk is spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> the rendering that Owen did on that last job, I've got to say, <laughs> but but one, one vertical line. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll go there to try and sort of just get a bit better at it. I mean. You read the comic. I'd, I'd say that some of my figure work could be improved upon. So that's why I'm down there. Really. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah. The, 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 I think that's natural, isn't it? If you're the, with the background you're coming from, your your backdrops and buildings are going to be stronger than your figure work, obviously. And it's a yeah, credit to you that you're sort of prepared to sort of want to work on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, obviously my sketchbooks show I'm drawing people all the time on the train and stuff. But um, obviously, life drawing takes it on a bit. So. It's not just someone reading the paper every time. Are we missing any major works? Major work, my major works. Yeah. <laughs> no, this, that's my only work at the current. Uh, well, no, but even adventure. within that, you've got the sort of uh, the, the, the illustration series, the illustrations, the architectural work, and I run a, 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 a sort of. I suppose there's, there's a couple of different sort of series things that run through my. I mean, it's ongoing sort of illustrations on there, but recurring thing things are the sort of like the day to day autobiographical sort of record of life which is my sort of sketchbook which is a mixture of stuff drawn from life um, just sort of buildings train, you know, just sort of things I see as I'm going about little observations probably not that interesting but um, they're just sort of little records of, of stuff and then just little comics about myself really um, and There's also the fox There's also the urbane fox Yeah. yeah um, who will answer a question. He will answer any question. Send in <laughs> probably what's the best of his ability, which is, you know, limited. <laughs> but he's that, got an agenda, hasn't he? That's he has. He has. Um, uh, check him out. He's he's he's, he's on there. Um, that's a weekly little column, and you can write in, and he'll yeah. Do do, do, do so. Do write in. Yeah. Do ask the urban fox. Yeah. And then, yeah, on top of that, there's just bits and pieces that I get along the way, sort of thing. So there's, there's, there's 
projects I've worked on and sort of speculative stuff. Well, that's nice in the fact that your work does tie into... I mean, you've got the separate thing now for Analog Visions, but you also will put on your own site... Uh, bits and pieces that you asked to do through work, you know, for, yeah. Uh, you did the invites recently for that. That's thing. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that sort of ties in. It's still illustration design, isn't it? So it still sort of works in terms of you exactly. putting it on there. Yeah. You look a little bit like Michael Fassbender. Did you, did you had that before? <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time. Um, <laughs> I've been trying to place it in there for the last about twenty minutes. I missed the, the, the beard a little bit. Maybe. We're recording in Lever Market Gardens. Uh, not oh, in Bermondsey, I suppose, aren't we? Still. Yeah. And we've just been to the Pie Mash uh, Manzis on Tower Bridge Road. The original? Yeah, the oldest Pie Mash still going. I don't know, in London? What, the world? Well, I think they, they call it the original Ian and Pie Mash. No, perhaps. they're not. No? It's the oldest one that's still standing. Oh, right, okay. So I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily it's not the, first, the first one. But it's but the longest standing. Yeah. Right. And uh, what were your thoughts on it? Well, it's good enough for Roy Orbison. <laughs> it's good Possibly. enough for me. <laughs> it's good enough for Roy Orbison to not object to a photograph being put up on the wall. I don't know if they cleared it with him, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> well, there's some debate over whether he's blind or not, isn't <laughs> If he is, then no problem. Stick him up on the wall, he wouldn't know. None the wiser. My favourite aspect of the visit was the actual space itself. It Green feels, and cream tiles. Yeah, it's just a very old-fashioned, traditional restaurant you can imagine sitting there at any point in the last but that's how you years. sell Pomash isn't it on uh, yeah on taking people back to the past yeah because you're not really selling it on the taste are you as a food it's, it's not a forward looking food is it <laughs> so why why not sell it in an old you know old style building and the people who are going for it aren't sort of going to be they're, they're going to be pleased they're going to be happy that it's in the situation I, I don't really know who is going there to be honest who is what is the what is the core the demographic? core demographic is it's difficult to tell in that one because it was so empty yeah but the core demographic is uh, people whose parents told them that pine mash was the best food ever <laughs> right. it's fast food and I mean the pastry is quite nice but it's tasteless the mash is just you know, I, it's it, like the same as basic isn't it today's was the, the best pie mash I've had this is like the fifth go because I've, I've tried it so many times where people go this is, it's love it's, so, it's nothing like it and every time I've far it's been ranging from horrible like fatty pies and just horrible tasting mash to what we got today which was uh, inoffensive it's a plate full of solid that mash that potato could not have been more bland though could it it was smooth though wasn't it <laughs> it was smooth you never know enough. yeah <laughs> they lose points again though for presentations don't they because they like pop a pie on the plate and then just get a wedge of mash they, st- yeah, they, they like use a wallpaper stripper to uh, scrape mash onto the side of the plate completely <laughs> unnecessary or, or is it Owen? well there is an argument there is a theory out there which suggests it's to keep the liquor on the plate I suppose you're coming from kind of you're seeing it as a structure aren't you yeah. even a nil <laughs> you're seeing it in architectural terms aren't you? Yeah. I can't turn it off it's just uh, that's how I view the world it's like the Terminator's vision but just in terms of structure and building. But even the, the liquor doesn't have any flavour, does it? I don't understand. Yeah, it's pretty flavourless. I would say I'd pref- I would uh, favour almonds over uh, Manzi's. Not by much, but I would say I enjoyed that slightly more. I was a little bit nervous about the liquor, um, not being a... Not really, I haven't really tried it before, I wouldn't say. Uh, so I didn't know what that was going to entail. Yeah, well, you never get it. You wouldn't get it anywhere else. It's no. not like it does. There's no crossover. It's not like ketchup. Yeah, yeah. You have yeah, on yeah. any meal. But yeah, it's just kind of a... What is it made from? I don't know. It's quite... Um, Viscous, isn't it? Quite what, sorry? Viscous. Sort of thick. Sort of thick. 
So. Okay, right. Mm. Cut that out and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite viscous. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just odd. I don't understand the purpose of it. If it doesn't have flavour. Like, like with ketchup, it, you go, this like will make uh, things taste tomatoey. This doesn't make things taste liquid. It moistens it, doesn't it? It's like a gravy, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. Like coming from a different angle. But gravy's nice, isn't it? But we went next door um, to uh, Sobo. Sobo. For a coffee, which was uh, really nice, and a lovely bit of uh, millionaire shortbread. Yeah, which is just. I had a white chocolate hot chocolate, which was uh, gorgeous. And we were the first two people to uh, decipher the name Sobo. I was first. You were saying, "Don't you know?" Well, you you said to me, "You said <laughs> guess what the name means," and I said it is straight away, didn't I? <laughs> you did, and you'd already told well, the, the guy. Is, I said to the guy, I went, "Oh, Sobo, South Florida." You're the first person to work out. I was thinking, "Have you worked in two days?" Because surely, what else could it mean? <laughs> I guess people aren't going up there and explaining names to in No, it's only, it's only people like me. Manzis, that sort of that's go. the name of the bloke who uh, <laughs> set up the company. You're the first person who's ever said that. Only she said it with uh, a much stronger South London accent because that the woman in there had yeah, the strongest South London accent. But it's a bit like that in Bermondsey. This girl I work with, it's just the, the way she speaks. I mean, the words, she just burps them out. <laughs> <laughs> and she lives like Bankside. <laughs> It's like East End, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I guess it's maybe it hasn't had the, um, like what some people might call dilution, but the kind of, uh, maybe the Caribbean influence, where uh, I remember Glenn saying to me, I mean, we keep dropping the name Glenn as if people know who he is, but he'd done the theme tune. We've been showing enough He's time, part yeah. of the South from Hardcore If we say family. Glenn, we're talking... Uh... But I remember him saying, we were talking about accents, and um, I mean, he's, uh, what, about early 42 or something? And he was saying that... Um, that basically my accent was the same as his but with a sort of subtle Caribbean twang where as he put it I said it right and like, like I, <laughs> I, I wasn't aware that I was talking like that yeah but, <laughs> but maybe it's just I don't know maybe it's just a thing where they, that influence hasn't come in and there's still that you know that's that accent it's not purer but you know do you know what I mean yeah it's just yeah not been influenced in the same sort of way I mean would it be cynical to suggest that maybe you'd sort of put it on a bit if you worked in a pie and mash shop. Well, it's like, you know, Planet Hollow or TGI Friday. They yeah. all, they I want the full cotton American, experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. why else would you go there? Yeah, absolutely. If you weren't after something, you know, mm. something more than pie. Yeah. My favourite <laughs> yeah. part of the meal was uh, sarsaparilla, which I hadn't had for years and uh, always associated with trips to uh, East Street Market as a kid with my mum. Where And the great thing about sarsaparilla is it's an all-year-round drink because uh, you have hot sarsaparilla in the winter, and that's nice as well. And I was saying about the, the sarsaparilla man in the street market who used to shout out, come and get your sarsaparilla if you want to live forever. Are people allowed to follow you on Twitter? Yeah. At Owen Pomery. At no. O.D. Pomery. At O.D. Pomery. Yeah. O.D.P. Capitals. In a Wu-Tang Echo, clearly, you know. No doubt. <laughs> at Dirk McGurk. <laughs> at Big at, Baby Jesus. At, at Osiris Pomery. <laughs> 